you want to see the data. You want to see the analysis, you know, behind claims. So I was actually talking to somebody from Canada, of all places, obviously, because they're not very informed people, that was saying, oh, America is such a racist country, such a racist system. Blacks are so oppressed here. And I was thinking, okay, but where's the evidence to it? You nitpick, you cherry pick several videos Mm. of like, you know, very brutal cases of police brutality, but I don't see the numbers to back it up. I mean, I I used to be part of the left as well, and I used to watch TYT a lot, the Young Turks, and I thought America Uh, was so racist back then as well, like 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, why? What's all this? Like, people killing black people all the time, and like, the police killing black people all the time. But that's the thing. I just read the headlines. I never went into detail. I never read through the headlines and never looked at the data. I just read the headline. I'm like, oh, there's there's another black murder. Or, and then just create oh, this narrative. Like, that's, yeah, I remember, like, TYT, I was a libertarian when, like, TYT started blowing up. So this was, like, around 2010 to 2015. Like, I was a staunch libertarian. I thought, okay, I am hands-off on foreign policy. I've changed a lot. I've mellowed out a little bit since then. I, I thought, okay, America is all of America's issue is foreign policy. All the attacks that happen against us is because of our foreign policies. And I watched TYT for that because they were very like anti-military and US intervention. And I still am to a certain point, like I don't believe US should be intervening in the Middle East and other foreign affairs, which I totally understand. But what I what turned me off of TYT was like the blatant propaganda because they would like hyperbolize so many stories and make it seem like it's 10 times worse than it actually is. Because when yeah. you look at the alternative information, it's like, okay, that's not what happened. Because yeah. I remember specifically, there was this one police brutality case that TYT was talking about. It was a homeless guy that was beaten to beaten up to death. And this man, he was white. And this man was beaten up by the cops. In. and TYT was saying police was doing this police was doing that they tased him in the face but that never happened they specifically said they tased him in the face that never happened so it like small information like that is being spread across their audience I believed it until somebody else told me no I'm wrong so like that was a wake-up call for me to understand like okay I can't always believe TYT or like get my information from one outlet I need to read different outlets to understand like what other journalist or writer is interpreting the situation. And then I can come up with my own opinion on it. So yeah, that's when like, it was a wake up call for me. Like TYT has an agenda. Basically what broke the camel's back for me with TYT was that issue with Sam Harris and Ben Affleck. Oh yeah. And, and I, I was like, I was like waiting for TYT to like, have their um, take on it, and it just went the opposite way. Cenk went and said, like, Sam Harris is wrong, he's some, like, Nazi or something. I'm like, wait a second, I've read Sam Harris before, he's not a Nazi. I've seen the polls before, right? So I know what they're saying is not true. <laughs> so okay. that basically got me interested. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm wrong about TYD. And then I started digging in, and then all of this narrative just, like, came down as, like, <laughs> like really. It's a huge aspect of their coverage that obfuscate a lot of details to fit their narrative. Then oh, for bad. sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, even though yeah. Chang says that he's not, um, like, he's a nastic, quote-unquote nastic, so he uses, like, a Sanskrit word to describe himself. Mm-hmm. And 
he says he's an atheist he's agnostic he doesn't really believe in anything but he's like such a staunch defender of islam for some reason it's like not even muslims it's islam you know and i'm thinking like okay if you're such an atheist why are you defending the religion and that's what that was the case with sam harris because he was he sat down with him for two hours and all he did was defend Islam because Sam Harris is very specific in his rhetoric when he says we should not attack Muslim people. That's right. We shouldn't attack Muslim people. I mean, of course, I'll troll them just to like rile them up a lot, but I would never advocate for violence against an individual, but I will attack their ideology because I don't like it. I'm very frank about it. You know, I'm, I'm also like, an atheist myself and like although I understand my roots and where I come from I'm not going to defend it like endlessly like if there's something's bad about it like for instance the caste system yeah I don't want it I don't want it to represent our culture because we've evolved from that it's like that's the thing like they don't want to accept evolution an ideological sense of evolution you know that's very apparent with Islam they just really don't want to come to the future because i think they believe any kind of deviation from islam is going to result in atheism because people are just going going that way and it's just going to be a watered down version of islam and then when it's when when islam is watered down it becomes less effective it becomes less effective as like a financial system as a political system the whole system just gets watered down and then just people just leave right and that's the case with ahmadis right hmm. you've heard about the ahmadi sect So like, they're like a peaceful version of Islam, right? Right. And yeah. Pakistan doesn't even consider them Muslim. So like, can you just imagine what it's like for a non-Muslim? Like, they don't even consider their Muslims a Muslim. So, like, they were essentially, the Ahmadis were essentially, like, evolutionary ideology of Islam because they said Muhammad is not the final prophet of Islam. And that basically goes against their shahada. Like you have to include Muhammad as their final prophet. Otherwise, you can't be a Muslim. You can't convert to it. Then. And Ahmadis just, you know, dump on that all, all day. And they're like, no, he's not the last messenger of Allah. And that just basically destroys the entire tenet of Islam then. So that's why de facto they're not Muslim, according to a lot of Sunnis and even Shias. Yeah. And so, when there's a secretarian violence between Sunnis and Shiites, which is like 90% of terrorism, it's just them just fighting each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all the conflicts in Middle East, like even with Iraq, going all the way back to Kuwait, it was basically disputes between like the Sunni Iraqis and the Kurds of Iraq. And then Shias jumped in in the middle. I mean, it's just all Kurd, Sunni, Shia conflict. And then the West just takes advantage of it. There's no unity between them. And then we just jump in, take advantage of what's going on to steal their resources. And then they just want to blame the West. Obviously, like, look, at some point you need to understand, like, it's not the USA. These conflicts have been going on before the USA even existed. Uh, for a thousand years. I mean, the the first conflict was when Aisha took like 10,000 Muslims and went and uh, fought um Imam Ali, I think. That's when the Sunni Shia right. and the, so many Muslims died in that. That's when it all started. Yeah, because, right. And yeah. you know, and, and I was just heard, I just heard, um, well, not, not really heard, but read about it, that they even dragged the Hindus. The Shias were like being pushed away because um, Shias have a big presence in 
Iran, right? Yeah, they like, the zero right. to go Iran, yeah. Right, so yeah. when the conflict was happening at that time, like that area was mostly Hindu and Buddhist um, and Sikh. The, the land of Pakistan today at the time was mainly what Indian religions are for Islam took over it. So like, there was a king named Raja Dahir Dhar, basically has my name, and like my daughter is my title it's my last name as well Raja Dahir and he tried to help the Shia military there he helped the Shia military there he sent his people to help the Shia military because they were getting pummeled by the Sunnis and then what ended up happening was that after like they won the battles then the Shia turned against him they killed him they killed all his military men they took his daughters and then sold them as sex slaves I mean even back with Iraq, like if you take it back to Iraq, I don't know if the intervention was a good thing or a bad thing yet. I, I don't think Iraq should be a country in the first place. It was artificial, right? After the Ottoman Empire fell, France and um, the British, they segregated Iraq. They carved it out in, in that way, right? Same with Syria, I think. Um, well, I don't, you know, I, I'm not actually aware of like the history of all that, but if that's true, I don't know. I don't, but it's a country at the end, isn't it? Like, legally? I mean, it's been a country for the last 50-something years, I guess, right? I don't know when the Ottoman Empire fell, like, at the start of the century. Um, so yeah. that's when the British and the French um, started coming in and, like, separated um, land over there. So it's such a hard thing for me to pick. Is it better now when Saddam's gone or when Saddam was there? But I definitely know um, it's, uh, Syria is better under Assad right now. Um, but with the Iraq, I don't know, it's, it's such a hard call. Because there's so much divisions there. And Saddam was like gassing the Kurds every weekend. He was like a problem in that area. I think what America should have done with that was once they got rid of Saddam, they shouldn't have dismantled the, the government, the Baptist government. They should have kept the Baptist government in some kind of power. Because like whoever took over ISIS were the generals and the lieutenants of the, of the Saddam Baptist government, right? So yeah. they, they were just basically unemployed people with weapons. So yeah. That shouldn't have happened, I think. There was some foreign intelligence expert. He was like, Iraq is like a crystal ball. If you break it, you need to put it back together. And I think America broke it, but they did not know how to put it back together. I think that's like even with Libya, right? Not just Iraq. It's just everywhere in the Middle East, wherever they do drone strikes and things like that, brings so much instability. Um, I remember seeing a documentary of Bush hiring his like advisor general. I forgot what that guy's name was, but he was basically in charge of the situation in Iraq. This guy is a straight white male that had no experience in the or studies in the Middle Eastern culture, history, doesn't even understand Arabic, but yet he was hired by Bush to handle the situation in Iraq. No wonder things went into chaos and they had no control over it. And recent reports came out saying that they had no idea what was going on, but they were still lying to the American people, saying that things were under control when there was complete anarchy in Iraq. Because that guy then let go every single military person in Iraq, basically releasing them from their job because they were soldiers, they were generals, this was their bread and butter, and he fired all of them. So they had nothing. They had no earning at the time. And these were like some of, like, they were fighters. They were trained people. 
so that caused anarchy in the region and things just started spiraling down from there you know they i mean these people don't know anything else except for islam so that's what they used that's like the law that they used to bring some sort of order into the country and that's why iraq became more sunni even though like they tried to put the shias in power and that created a lot of drift between the shias and sunnis there so yeah it was definitely bush is definitely blamed it should be blamed for what's going on because he did not hire the right people any sure. advisor who was well educated in middle eastern affairs that's, you know yeah that's exactly what happened because um now that saddam's gone you just gave away everything east from baghdad to iran yeah <laughs> so um I would say at least Iran is maybe the lesser of two evils. Like apart from Hezbollah, I don't see Iran Iran doesn't really attack USA. They have but they do have like stealth operations all over the country. So like what they'll do is they'll send drugs to the USA and they'll try to get like the American people hooked on illicit drugs. You know, it's to all, destroy the country. It's all undercover operations, um, attacking Iraqi allies with Americans, mm-hmm. attacking Amer- American soldiers in Iraq, like stuff like this. That's not like direct attack on America with Iran. I right. There was a few years ago, there was a story that came out that Obama actually had an Iranian terrorist in his hand. Um, and But he didn't want to jail that terrorist because he didn't want to jeopardize his iran deal so he let go of that terrorist that terrorist was responsible for smuggling thousands of pounds of drugs into the country which is causing one of the worst opioid crisis this country's ever dealt with like 300k people are dying of opioid overdoses and he did nothing about it that deal the iranian deal it's just basically bribing them with money not not to do any nuclear testing and stuff like this it never works like you can never bribe a terrorist group or like something extremist so yeah um like that and be like hey uh, we'll give you some money just stop testing they're, they're not going to listen it's yeah. that's a, that's exactly essentially what it was they he just basically took their word and hoped like they would stick to their word but that's not what they do. Terrorists don't do that. Whatever happens, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly what he did. He sent piles of cash to them overnight, didn't tell anybody, and hoping they would stick to, you know, the deal, which they didn't do. Because they wouldn't allow people into their facilities and um, check it out and see if anything's going on. They wouldn't allow it. So obviously they weren't sticking up to their deal. I mean, the best thing to do is just what I think Israel is doing, um, cyber terrorism on them. I, I don't think they have like such a high tech, you know, yeah. um, infrastructure. Uh, I think like Corona is doing enough right now. Iran was already destroyed by the sanctions that were put on them by Trump. And like they were losing it, like they were, they were being hostile in the um, Indian Ocean and like doing like these scary things against our military and trying to uh like really try, try to provoke us into a war because they were cornered there's the sanctions was crippling their economy and then the whole corona happened on top of that i mean i really feel sorry for the iranian people because like a lot of them don't like 
their government. It's not their fault. Unfortunately, the sanctions were punishing them, like the Iranian people, essentially, because it was harming harming them economically. Yeah, I think so, with the petrol prices rising and that basically started the protests. And then I think the government started firing live rounds on the protesters, right, in Iran? Yeah, that was like, a, I think around 2012 or something like that, when like the Tehran Was it like the revolution? There was some trouble. This year? This year, start of the year. Maybe. I mean, so much happened this year. <laughs> like, can you believe it? Yeah. So much happened. It, it's like so hard to keep up. I can't even... I can't even remember if there was like some uh, protests happening. I remember like there were a few protests even from last year of women taking their hijabs off and like, you know, trying to free themselves from their hijabs. Like these spurs happen almost like every year. Um, I just remember like the big ones, like the Tehran uprising back in 2012. Um, I don't think much is happening now because obviously the coronavirus and I think everything's internalized. They, they just stop focusing on international events. Yeah, and obviously, like I don't think we have much capacity to worry about everything else right now, except the virus and like the internal conflicts that are happening. Right, we don't have a lot of resources to deal with other things right now.